What a joy it is to worship with you this morning. Whether out of reverence or custom, or even out of nostalgia for celebrations past, we had gathered to celebrate once more the arrival of spring. Also, to reflect on the meaning of ancient myths surrounding the festivity of Easter. I believe mythology, religion, and art are born of the need we humans have to apprehend the mystery that surrounds us, to make it accessible, familiar, and even comforting. Thoughts, thought tales, parables, and myths, we, through tales, parables, and myths, we humans try to penetrate the meaning of our existence and of our ultimate reality. The spring narcissus, that beautiful flower of the Alps, has been associated with Easter for centuries. However, well before that, the narcissus was important in one of the most painful and hopeful stories in the Greek mythology. The myth tells us that one day beautiful Persephone was playing in a meadow, gathering flowers, when suddenly many narcissus burst into bloom from a plant at her feet. As she was about to gather those blossoms for her bouquet, the earth opened and Pluto, lord of the underworld, appeared in his black chariot and in seconds abducted her. Pluto took Persephone to the underworld where she was faced, forced to live for six months of every year. Just imagine the sense of bewilderment, of lust, and harrowing pain that Demeter, Persephone's mother, was must have felt not finding her daughter, realizing that she was gone. Out of her immense suffering, Demeter brought the coldness of winter and the absence of fruits and flowers to the earth. However, moved by the suffering this caused to the people, Demeter decided to bring back again plentiful harvests. The good goddess she was called by the Greeks. Fortunately for Demeter and for the people of the earth, each year Persephone was allowed to return from the underworld, bringing with her the glorious time of summer and spring. Nowadays, with the advancements in science, we understand the reasons for the seasons, and we do not have to worry about whether Persephone will bring once more spring and summer. With electricity, heating, and cooling systems, and with the huge storage capacity we have these days, we could go through the whole winter inside our homes without noticing the effects of the cold or the dark. Now, that this means that the story of Demeter and Persephone is now useless and that it should be discarded altogether? I don't think so. Let us turn now to one of the most daring myths ever conceived. I invite you, as generations did before us, to appreciate the drama that, according to the Gospels, took place during Easter week. 
Let us picture the excitement of Jesus' followers as he triumphantly enters Jerusalem on Palm Sunday amid hosannas and alleluias. Then, let us contrast the jubilation with the horrors of Good Friday, the tragedy of the betrayal by Judas, the triple denial by Peter, and the abandonment by the disciples. Let us consider the words of all, his crucifixion. Let us imagine that we are his disciples seeing our beloved leader dying such a terrible death. We have wanted to exalt him and to save face, but be willing to believe that Jesus emerged triumphant from his sealed tomb, tomb on Easter Sunday. That is precisely what millions are remembering today, the most fantastic of all Christian stories, the resurrection of Jesus. In the idea of the holy, Rudolf Otto tells us that to speak of resurrection is to utter a mystery and mystery is a subject for faith, not science. According to Otto, the resurrection of Christ is a class of a spiritual experience, a mystical and a spiritual apprehension of truth beyond the opposition of supernaturalism and rationalism. Now, in our faith, Jesus is admired not by rising from his death, but by the way he lived his life embodying universal and unconditional love and justice. Yet, that the spiritual apprehension of truth, which Otto describes, the truth that Jesus arose from his dead in the minds and hearts of his disciples, can be a powerful incentive to overcome fear of loneliness and rejection. This is because we can trust that through compassion and forgiveness, we rise from our own failings, our tragedies and losses in the hearts and minds of those whom, lo whom we love and who love us in return. We could also experience the spiritual apprehension of resurrecting in our minds and hearts those whose deaths we mourn. In time, when we are ready, the memories of how they live their lives, how they touch our days with generosity, wisdom, love, compassion, and joy. In time, those memories could and should brighten our days. The most important fact of Easter is that were not it for Jesus' death and the story of his resurrection, Christianity would not exist today. In a way, one could say that it was necessary that Jesus died so a new powerful religion could be born and brought forward through the centuries. Translating that thought to our own lives, we could ask, what should die in me that I might live? The myth of Persephone emerging from the underworld bringing spring and summer, challenges us to be firm in the waiting and hopeful in the dark and cold winters of our doubts and depressions. Demeter had her child swallowed by the underworld every year. Mary stood by, the, by her crucified child. Both mothers knew deep in their hearts the terror and the agony of losing their children. I can see my own pain, 
as well as the pain of all mothers and parents fearing for their children reflected in the pain of Demeter and Mary. But when our children are mentally and or emotionally crucified, when their innocent bodies are beaten and killed for no other reason than their status in society, the color of their skin, the religion they practice, the place where they were born, or the gender of whom they love, we are Marys standing by the cross. Edith Hamilton tells us in her book, Mythology, that the Olympians in their grief and at the hour of death could turn for compassion to the goddess who sorrowed, Demeter, and the goddess who died, Persephone. Likewise, millions turn to Mary in their hours of desolation and sorrow. One look at Michelangelo's Pieta and we can understand why. Winter into spring, Easter, dead into rebirth. These powerful transitions challenge us to resolve to once and for all let go of our hard protective crust of winter and to inhale with each breath renewed, renewed hope and vitality. Nature shows us how. When beautiful flowers wither and die only to be replaced by others seemingly more fresh and beautiful. When wild animals and plants in mountains and forests are destroyed by raging fires and soon new tender shoots and more abundant life appear, this is rebirth. When our hopes are dying as we face a chronic or terminal illness, when we suffer a final separation from a loved one, when we lose our job or learn of unfaithful friends and despair starts setting in at those terrifying times, if we want to live, we are forced to rediscover our own path to life. We are called to midwife our own rebirth. Yes, each one of us is responsible for our own transformation. And yes, nobody can force or entice us to change if we don't want to. But we are not alone. Just let's take a look around this sanctuary. Just take a look at these faces. Look around. What do you see? Smiling faces, suffering faces, friendly faces, wandering faces, all part of our beloved community, even if some visitors are only briefly with us today. All ready to hold each other in joy and in sorrow. All ready to help each other in our personal winters into springs, deaths into rebirths. While our hearts beat, there is hope. Let us individually and collectively, with courage and expectation, send our hopeful tender shoots upward towards the light. Confident that the spirit of life that animates the universe will help our budding dreams and aspirations burst into glorious blooms. Let it be so and blessed be.